welcome once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows, one of the shows that we have up on air and online 24-7 here at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word centerlefttalkradio.com. When you go to that homepage, you know the story. There are two links there. The first is our is our podcast link. Well, exactly what you expect to find at a podcast link, except, well, I don't know if except, but in our particular case, with the particular uh, with the particular podcast manager we're using. I think there's something in the range of 50 or 60 or 70 even of our most recent shows, well over half a year worth of uh, center-left radio. Pick the show you like or pick the first one, and that's the same show that will be running in a uh, radio loop. Oh, and that's the second link, by the way, on the homepage. It gives you access to the show, and you basically go in, hit that loop, hit the, hit the link, and pick up the loop, the show, in a loop, wherever it happens to be at that moment. It is running and running and running. Uh, and the show that's running in the loop is the one that will be the first on the top of the podcast list. Yes, there's a there's a symbiotic relationship uh, between the two. Uh, and we keep it that way. We allow both mechanisms to operate. We give you the choice of listening to the show either way because we find that uh, there are people who like it one way or the other. And so that's, that's fine by us. We, we make that available to you on Center Left Radio, and we are simply glad to have you with us, especially on this uh, Halloween, uh, what is it, Halloween Wednesday, Tuesday? What day of the week is this? This is a Tuesday. Gets kind of hard to figure out after a while. Um, yeah, Tuesday, Halloween. There'll be the big uh, thanks, the big parade down in Greenwich Village this evening. Uh, there will be uh, all sorts of well, most of the kids in the area here in the Lower Hudson Valley, uh, most of the river towns had events uh, over the weekend, and all the little kids uh, who around here, quite honestly, we don't get a lot of that on Halloween. Kids coming out to trick or treat. The parents are extremely sensitive to that, and all of the local river towns run events made for the kids to be able to go get together and then trick or treat at local uh, candy store, uh, local businesses. Let's say I, I see a lot of that in the um, in the river towns areas, but you don't get a lot of kids coming out like in the old days, running through buildings, uh, going up and down stairs and trick-or-treating. It's just, it's just a sign of the times, I suppose, just how things have changed. Um, I, <laughs> talking about how things have changed, well, you know, we are all about uh, watching how things have changed in, in recent years, and, and we are... We're coming to a point of is is it a, is is it the apex? Are we reaching are we reaching the ultimate um, results of of the madness of the last eight years? Are are we getting to a point where 
something happens even before other things happen. What the hell is he talking about? Well, we're, we're looking at a, a, a strange series of events uh, beginning to play out right now. And what has kept Donald alive in the hearts and minds of his followers, I'm convinced more than anything else. Okay, the, the, the premise of what, of what keeps Donald Trump front of mind and, and elevated in image and spirit for those who embrace him is this image of invincibility, A, but invincibility based on who he is, who his self-defined character is. What is that self-defined character? Why, that's easy. Donald will tell you in a heartbeat. I'm all there is standing between you and the deep state that's out to get you. And then he very, very conveniently, on an ongoing basis, fills in the names, the faces, the places, the, the institutions, the organizations, and now the prosecutors and, and, and the clerks of the... Everybody who is the enemy, the people you're supposed to fear and hate, that Donald is standing in the way of them getting you. That, that, that's the whole premise and it excites, and we've, been, we've said this forever, it excites a certain gland within those who feel aggrieved and angered and, and trod upon, and it, and it goes way beyond uh, professional achievement. It goes beyond uh, scholastic uh, uh, status. It goes beyond, uh, you know, social, uh, social anything, although largely it does appeal to the underclass in America, people with less education, less, less opportunity, less job prospect. That's where it goes because it always appeals to those who feel aggrieved. And it's never designed to solve any of the grievances. It's simply designed to channel the anger and the anxiety about the grievance, but always the channeling begins with creating advantage for Donald. That's what it's about. You have to serve Donald. Donald is a cult figure. Donald is all of these things to these people. And, it's, it, and, and no, there's nothing that Donald can't do that is contrary to all behavioral norms, all constitutional norms, all political behavior. All of this is absolutely irrelevant. Donald is still standing there in the breach. This is the emotional sense that these, he, it's, he is in the mind of his sycophants, his followers, his, his, uh, his supplicants, his, uh, I go down the list of things, you know, his, his, cult, his cult followers. He's all there is. He's what, without him, well, where do we go? What, what, and boy, the reason we, and the reason I am so faithful to him is that through all of this, 
he has consistently defied and he has stood up to. And, and the second they try to do something against him, he goes ahead and uses it against them. How does he use it? He gets money out of us. Yes, we want to give him money. And giving him money is our way of proving to ourselves as much as, you know, it's, it's, it's declaring our loyalty to Donald. But it if I will give him money to do what are clownish, absurd, ridiculous, angry, nasty, illegal, defiant things, I am basically saying, Donald, I'm in with it. The more I give you, the more I'm faithful to you, the more I feel my anger basically being channeled, none of it being dissipated, simply channeled, nothing being solved, nothing being done for the good of the country, basically simply giving you anything you want so that I can continue to feel aggrieved and angered. No one saw this as a political strategy ever, as, as one that could be as successful as it has been for Donald and as a leverage mechanism against anyone within the Republican Party who doesn't want to go the full nine yards. This is how it works. You basically are forced to do, to, to basically do obeisance. You are, you must, you must bow, you must, you must do whatever is required. You can't back away because Donald will never back down. That's, that's the first rule of how this functions. Donald will not back down. Never, ever, ever be put to, you will fight back a judge, you'll fight back a prosecutor, you will yell at anyone, you will, you will put down anyone, you'll, you'll, no one, no one and nothing can ever slow Donald down, period, right? Well, maybe not never. What never? Well, oddly ever from Pirates of Penzance, okay? Uh, and and, and we're, we're getting to that point. We're getting to that amazing set of moments. And it's funny, it, it, it's, it's, coming, it's coming from two... Uh, at least the, I, I choose to look at it uh, as as two different directions here, two different two different pathways, if you will, that are both. Uh, how how can I describe this? Taking you to the same point, and both of those lead to a location that begins the irrelevancy of Donald Trump. Does that sound even possible? Well. Let, 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 let's, let's take the two pathways that, I, that I've been looking at here. Um, the one is the reinstatement of the gag order. In federal court, this is in the, this is in the Jack Smith case, the, the January 6th Jack Smith case, and there had been a temporary gag order, which Judge Ch uh, Tanya Chutney had, had basically uh, agreed to. But then, of course, then that was challenged by Donald. And in the process of challenging it, he broke it and went out and was doing and yelling and screaming and cursing out and, and 
proclaiming the the stupidity and the horror and the and and threatening witnesses and doing everything that the gag order said he wouldn't while it was being challenged up the pathway in, in the appellate courts. And based on all of that horrible anger and vitriol and, and stuff that, that his followers were ra just, just raking in the money because, boy, did that entertain everybody. It was wonderful. And Donald just defied, defied. Tanya Chutney went ahead, I think it was yesterday or the day before, and reinstated the gag order, the narrowly defined gag order in its entirety, while it is appealed through the, I guess, the federal court system going up the rank. Now, however, it gets appealed, which means that Donald is once again subject to censure, subject to uh, contempt charges, contempt uh, fines, whatever there may be. He has this situation against him right now. In the New York civil case, the one where uh, the, the state of New York is going for $250 million, essentially destroy him as a business, as an operating business in New York and anywhere, because people know that he doesn't have $250 million in cash to pay those fines. And New York State can basically uh, demand those fines, and there won't be a federal appeal from it because there's no basis for a federal thing. It's a, it's a purely New York State issue. And, you know, I, I imagine Donald can try a, a civil rights demand and his, his attorneys can demand that it go to federal court, but there is no real basis. The argument for keeping this in New York State is there, and New York's right to hit him the way they're hitting him is well established in the history of such litigation within the state. Now, of course, there'll be an argument from his side. That's fine. That's, that's what they're permitted to do. But if this goes forward, okay, we have New York, New York basically saying, we're going to, we are both going to, now we, we've, you've already been declared fraudulent. That's not the issue. The issue is how, how heavily, how do we basically deal with you now, sir? And what New York is going for and what the local judge is being asked to consider is that there be a receiver for all Trump properties that the fine be, this is what the state is asking for, what, what uh, you know, Letitia James is asking for, that the fine for what he's done be set at $250 million. It's within, within the confines of, of how the rules are set up. And that if he cannot pay it, and that money is due, is due immediately. It's not like, well, you know, you got about 10 years to pay. No then the properties, which will be managed by a receiver to keep them functional, will be sold off in order to pay the fine. That's how it happens in these cases. If Donald is made to pay... 250, and, and by the way, th this will be determined very soon. Yes, there'll be appeals, of course, but this is going to be determined. The baseline decisions on this, which will be very difficult to overturn, the stays, there will be stays requested by his, by his team, but there won't be much to go on. 
legally they will have nothing to really work with other than to say, you're ruining, this is all being done basically just as, as revenge against the guy who you, it's a political hit job against the guy who's running for president and you don't like, this has nothing to do really with the, no, no one would have ever touched him in a billion years if it wasn't Donald Trump running for president and you're afraid, these will be political arguments, not legal arguments. That's been the case all along for Donald's legal teams because they have no legal arguments of any merit pretty much in every one of the cases, the four that he's currently involved in. Okay, it's always a political argument. The law, they just don't have, you know, the old thing. If you don't have the law, they tell the lawyer, pound the facts. If you don't have the facts, pound the law. If you don't have either, pound the table. They're down to pounding the table. And it's been pounding the table from the beginning, and there isn't much there. So that if Donald is hit with a $250 million fine and receivership, the entire persona that is that everything he does is based on, his ability to do what he does, his ability to go out and, and say, I deserve to be president as well. I'm a rich guy, and I've built all this up, and I've done it myself, and I've made my fortune, and this is what has this is what gave him the validity, the, 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 the persona that people could react and respond to, why he went out and went after the presidency in the first place. What, because I'm a hugely successful, mega powerful New York real estate magnate and basically can go and run the world because of that. But, I, but at, at the heart of everything, I am a self-made billionaire. No, Donald, you will be just about flat effing broke when this process is done playing out. And that's a hard thing for someone like a Donald Trump to get into their brains. It's, it's, it's one of the reasons that you'll hear people say things like, um, you really shouldn't go after him because, because he, it plays right into his hands. Don't go after Donald. It, it, it plays into his hands. He uses it against people so effectively. So, so you know, follow that rationale. We, 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 don't, we don't go after Donald because Donald... Really, we, you never can really hit him hard enough to hit him down because he just stands right back up again and starts yelling and screaming. And when he yells and screams, the people applaud even louder because look at that. They, they, gave, him his be, they gave him their best shot and he still hasn't stopped. But, but you see, <laughs> oh my, oh my, with the combination of the reinstatement of the gag orders and, by the way, his, his kids, all three of his kids, Donald's kids, I believe are being, and they are compelled, they're subpoenaed, they will be testifying under oath in the New York civil fraud case, the one being brought by, uh, by, by, by Letitia James in New York State. 
the 250 million break the bank, kill Donald as a business person in New York, put his stuff in receivership, sell it off to pay the fine, that trial. Those kids will be appearing and testifying under oath between now and Friday. And, that, and, and Donald's, you know, holdings are what give them money. I, I think with the exception of his daughter, I think, you know, the old God bless the child who's got her own. Well, when he was a president, he basically made sure that China gave her or she was able to parlay uh, money uh, for her some some things that she has some products that she has in China she got co she got trademark status where no one gets trademark status the, the her her husband the son-in-law basically gets a 2 billion dollar loan from the Saudis oh yeah he would have been able to do that on his own without any political influence whatsoever and and all of this all of this begins to crumble well maybe it sustains. Everything else about Donald crumbles. Well, maybe they'll, they'll catch up with these activities at some future date. Maybe someone has to put a placeholder uh, lawsuit in place or an investigation in place in time to, to not have statute of limitations run on uh, Ivanka's uh, 20 uh, however many patents that she got from the Chinese government or trademark uh, authorizations where none would have been gotten worth hundreds of millions, I'm told, and where, and where Jared gets $2 billion from the Saudis in a lump sum, part of it to save 60, 666 Fifth Avenue. And that, that's... That's at some future date. But meanwhile, sometime this week or next week, all three of those kids will be going before the New York State Court in the civil suit, and the same court that has already established that there was fraud committed by the Trump organization. This is simply to really get their arms around just how, how it should be dealt with, how this organization should be dealt with. I'm not, I, I'm not sure, and I haven't followed the case, I'm not watching what it is that the court is looking to hear, what the court, what the judge needs to hear from witnesses at this point that will affect, that will impact how he ultimately disposes of the Trump assets. I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe there are arguments, and I haven't followed this. Maybe I should follow it more closely. But there, maybe there are arguments about, well, you know, who should be the receiver? Well, you can't really have a valid receiver. I don't know. There'll be all sorts of crazy arguments coming from the Trump side. But in the end, since this is a, a bench trial, a judge without a jury hearing this, why? Because the Trump team never checked the box that said we needed a jury. Why they didn't check the box, I have no idea. Maybe they thought that a jury could easily be prejudiced against him in New York City and it would be even worse and their best shot was just with a judge. I don't know. I would have gone for a jury trial here, but okay. They, they went just for the judge. But in the end, because he's already been convicted on the main count of fraud, it's just a question of how you end the pain, how the pain of, of dissolving 
the Trump empire happens, how everything goes into receivership, how he cannot do a business deal in New York or, or imagine a new business deal for a minimum of five years, and what the final fine will be and how it will be paid. What everyone seems to know, the least, the best, the, the, the least kept secret from everybody except Trump Trump worshipers, Trump sycophants, is that he doesn't have the cash to pay $250 million. He isn't worth that. He, has to, he will have to liquidate a whole bunch of assets to pay that fine, assuming it goes. And now, again, this is all still in, in play as we speak. But once that happens... There will be no, and Donald will jump up and down and yell and scream, and that case will be over, and he'll just, he'll fume, and he'll, but his assets will be seized by a receiver. I am the ultimate victim they have, but he will be divested. Again, and the argument will come back. Look what you've done. You, you're, you've given him all this ammunition. You've made him a, you've made him a martyr. You've done, No. You can't take that position. You must let the law play out. I am fascinated by the number of Democrats I hear who are arguing, who have actually fallen under the Svengali's, the Svengali's spell and to, who would actually say or go to the point of saying, you know, if we, if we do what we're supposed to do to him, we only give him more ammunition to come back at us. And, 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 and that's, that's virtually subverting all the law and all the court systems and everything else and the norms and the, the, the law as it applies to every other human and saying that because Donald can shout louder and has a bigger bullhorn than anyone in history as a former president, as a current uh, front runner for the nomination, we really have, we have to let him do whatever he wants to do and then just hope, hope, the people will vote him out, but you can't do anything in the meanwhile because, well, he just doesn't stay down. You take away what he has via New York. You remove his licenses to operate businesses. You take away all of his charters. You put his assets in receivership. You start paying them off to pay a $250 million fine. You prove very rapidly that his net worth is less than that, that he doesn't have enough. You basically put him, very possibly, will put him into bankruptcy. Donald Trump, I'm worth 10 billion, he said. I don't know, a couple of years ago or whenever. You know. No, I'm worth 10. You know, as Michael Cohen testified during this trial. Yeah, we just just raised the number. Uh, you know, I, I'm not happy with where they have me on the Forbes uh, on the Forbes list. Uh, they they say I'm three. Well, uh, raise the value of our properties and make me. Uh, I want to be second or first there, and 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 make me worth uh, 10 billion. I, I want to be 10 billion. And Michael would be put in charge of doing this. This is, as Donald begun, begins the, 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 the unraveling of everything that is at the foundation of who he claims to be. Yes, he's going to jump up and yell and scream. But the comeback will be, you've got diddly, son.
You are being taken apart, son, because basically you are a fraud. And you can yell and scream all you want. And you can say to people, now I, I, I want you to come again. I want, I, we, wow, we need to raid, we need to raid, uh, maybe New York now. Let's, let's, uh, whatever. But there ain't nothing left of you. You are nothing but an empty vessel screaming. You're, you're, you know, just expressing your angst. Just, 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 just screaming for vengeance and whatever it is you want to do. This is before, mind you, this is before any of the criminal cases come down and you are sentenced basically to incarceration. This is, this is just the civil case. Okay, now you'll be yelling and screaming and the case will be over and the, the gag order will be irrelevant, whatever it may be at that point, and basically you'll be screaming and screaming and screaming and screaming. But there will be a gag order in place with Tanya Chutney. And there'll be a gag order in the other cases as they come up as well, as they finally begin. And now we know that you will be hit with sanctions every time you open your mouth. You'll be pulled back before the court. You'll have to come off the road. You'll have to face the judge. You'll have to be told blah, blah, blah. And you'll be told step by step, this is how close you're getting to the point of incarceration. His judges will be told this. The country will be told this. His people will never accept it. He'll never accept it. But, the, but basically what must be laid out are the processes, the steps, that anyone who would be a defendant in any case must confront when they defy orders of the court. It has to be laid out. There must be absolutely a perfect, lily clean, perfect record, nothing that can offend, nothing that would stand up on appeal. All that will happen on appeal then will be a even louder, more vociferous claim by his attorneys that this is all a political witch hunt. Don't you understand that? That's all this is about. There's an even better example of that that begins today. And again, I'm hearing Democrats who are saying, no, don't, don't do what you obviously need to do because Donald will just use it against you. Huh? Wait, hang on. You've heard me talk for some time on this show about the third section of the 14th Amendment to the United States Constitution. And, and of course, what you're supposed to say if you're a Trump supporter, oh, that's a vague section of the Constitution that never comes up, and they dug it up just to... That's, that would be the... It's in the U.S. Constitution. And this particular section of Article 14 doesn't come up very often because what it is designed to deal with is such an outrageously egregious situation that, thank God, it's not a day-in, day-out occurrence that we require the operation of this particular section of the 14th Amendment in order to deal with the situations that it was designed to deal with. What does it deal with? Well, little history after the Civil War, 
during the period, the brief period of Reconstruction before Jim Crow came in, but during the brief period of Reconstruction in this country, uh, we, we basically passed a number of laws that were designed to prevent a, re a repetition of what we had gone through in the Civil War, particularly from the perspective of people who were willing to take down the valid government of the United States. Remember, this, this is what this was all about. There was a, a counter-government set up, this, the, the, the Confederate States of America. And basically the United States, what was the United States, were decimated, they were, they were reduced by the number of states who left. They, the, essentially it was an, in, and then there was fighting. There was insurrection, there was an effort to take down, to, to, to mitigate, to eliminate, in essence, the, the capability of the United States to function as a country because the South claimed that it was not, for all sorts of historical reasons, and 99% of which came down to slavery, and of course, uh, the, the rewriting of the history books as well, it wasn't really slavery. There were other economic, it was slavery, God damn it. Get it in your head. The North basically wasn't lily clean on that. There were pockets of slavery still going on here. But for all intents and purposes, when you read and you read and you read the history objectively, it came down to slavery versus free freedom. And essentially the North's and that were those were the focal points. That was the focal point. And the South wanted it, and the North said it's wrong. And of course it was wrong. And the South broke away, and, they, and there was a huge insurrection, and they began fighting against the North to maintain their own status as, a, as an independent nation. And they were able to kind of do it for about four years. And after it was all over, after the South finally surrendered, and basically the states were re, uh, reorganized and re, 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 reconstructed as a single united states plural of America, essentially there was a 14th Amendment that came in, that was the one that was talking about freeing the slave. But the third section of that amendment to the Constitution dealt with what do we do with the people who were elected, elected leaders, and then went ahead and turned their back on and, and, and fomented insurrection or supported insurrection against the United States. Well, it, it didn't talk about prosecuting them directly, but it said at a minimum, at a minimum, these folks, people who took an oath of office to protect and defend the United States and then turned around and basically fomented insurrection against it, either on their own or with the help of others, or gave aid and comfort to those who would basically foment insurrection against the United States. It's sort of a whole series of catchphrases. Anyone who did that can never again hold elected office in the United States. That's what the section, section three, third section of the 14th Amendment to the Constitution, that's what it says. Plain and simple, 
You were an elected official within the United States. You took an oath of an office to defend and protect the Constitution. You turned around and you basically led insurrection against it, or you gave aid and comfort to people who were part of an insurrection. You may no longer hold office in the United States unless... Two-thirds of the House of Representatives and two-thirds of the Senate, on the federal level, not the state level, federal level, the federal House, the federal Senate, would have to vote to basically uh, not make that particular clause apply to you. You could be allowed to hold office again if two-thirds of the Senate and two-thirds of the House members say, yeah, this is a special case, we'll give you a pass. Otherwise, you can't hold elected office anywhere again. Sounds like anyone that you know, is it possible anyone you've heard of in the last eight or ten years of your life might fit into what was anticipated by the 14th Amendment, Section 3? Can you think of anyone who might possibly be affected by that, who fits perfectly into what that section was anticipating? Of course, Donald, naturally. Now, uh, the, the, the storyline that you hear, that I'm hearing, from any number of Democrats of late, this is, this is fascinating. No, 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 no. You're just playing into his hands. He'll just say that it's a, a vague, rarely used section of the Constitution and that it never was intended to stop someone who was... Old. And, and I'm already running for president and now you bring this up and you're suddenly going to try to blah, blah, blah. And all he'll do is fundraise off of it and he'll become all the more powerful. And in any event, now isn't the time to do it. Maybe... You shouldn't get started on this now. If anything, you start pushing this along only after there's at least one conviction in the federal cases that involve him leading the insurrection. The January 6th case from, uh, from Jack Smith specifically. I've talked about this, that this is where I thought it would begin. I was not keeping up with just how far the various secretaries of state have gone with this and how fast this process is moving. If I'm Donald, there are two cases that I should be afraid of more than, well, there'll be, actually, when you add it up, there's probably going to be one, two, it'll be, it'll be Colorado, Minnesota, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Michigan, I think, are going to be doing the same thing. But Colorado is the first case, and, and, and Minnesota will be coming shortly thereafter. Here's what's, here's what's happened in Colorado over the past several weeks, maybe months at this point. An organization uh, called Citizens for Responsible Ethics in Washington... Colorado-based organization, they, they, needed a, they needed a good acronym, CREW, okay, CREW, I, I don't know how many people, uh, knew, you know, in, in actual numbers they are, I, I don't think it's a large group, 
But they, as, as voters, brought an action against the Secretary of State of Colorado. Now, now keep in mind, the Secretary of State in the state of Colorado uh, is, uh, it's a, it's, yes, it's a, it's a Democratic, a, a Democratic woman. Uh, she is G, uh, Jenna Griswold, and she is the Secretary of State. She is named as a defendant. In point of fact, she has expressed her disdain for the unconstitutional acts that she has seen in recent years as a result of Donald, blah, blah, but has wisely avoided taking sides. So I've been told she has not taken specific sides about what the crew lawsuit would be all about. And, and again, so the way, the way crew and, and the way this lawsuit has been constructed, it is suing the Secretary of State in the state of Colorado, Colorado citizens suing the Secretary of State in the state of Colorado in a Colorado civil case, okay, to not, to, 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 to be forced not to put Donald Trump on the ballot for violation of the third section of the 14th Amendment. He perfectly fits the description of those who should not be on the ballot. Well, of course, what do Trump's lawyers do in hearing? Oh, no, 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 wait, no, you can't bring that case. This is to totally political. Forget that. Then they bring it. No, it really should be in federal court because it's a federal issue. Uh-uh. States we have this weird amalgam, we have this weird combined function in America, and this gets back to the Electoral College, and I'm not going to get into that now, but because every state elects the president, every, the election of a president is a sequence of 50 state elections. And I mean, I, 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 well, Puerto Rico and so, well, whatever. But the, it is a it is a combination of fifty state state administered elections. And yes, of course, there are federal constitutional implications. But it is a state function, and the court correctly ruled that's it. Therefore, the state courts can do it. All that Trump and company were attempting to do was delay, delay, delay. All they want to do is delay, 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 so that nothing can happen before Donald is successfully elected, basically declares himself president, basically dissolves all federal action against him. But here is a state action. So is New York State. He won't be able to dissolve. He, he will, well, maybe if he were to become president, he, in, in, his, in his retribution tour, as he's described it himself, he would somehow punish or destroy or I don't know what the hell he imagined he would do, but basically just undo, some, somehow get even with people in New York State. Okay, but here you have this case going forward. And, and the judge in the case has very specifically gone through, this is in the Colorado case, there's a similar case that's working its way, it will become, uh, it, it, will get, it will get into the court sometime uh, in the next week or two, and this is happening in Minnesota. There are other similar cases that are happening in about two or three other states, I think Ohio and Pennsylvania are among them. But basically the, the, the court in the Colorado case, has laid out 
four or five major areas of discussion. The court has said, okay, here is the third section of the 14th Amendment. We need to have discussion among the attorneys to show why or why not Donald Trump fits these various categories of persons who are subject to the prohibition against running for office set forth in the third section of the 14th Amendment. And we'll talk about his, his standing on one day, we'll talk about his activities on another, we'll talk about what proof is required. There'll be three or four, or maybe even five different days of argument that are required. And all of it will come to a head on November 15th, around the corner, two weeks away, when both sides will then offer their closing arguments as to why Donald Trump should or should not be kept on the ballot in Colorado. And within two days of that, the judge has proclaimed, I think it's, is it he? What's, who's the judge in this thing? I've got this somewhere. Judge, oh, Judge, Car, Car, Colorado District Judge, is it Sarah Wallace? Am I, am I reading her name correctly? I, I, I wrote down a series of notes as I was watching something on, on TV the other day. I think it's a Sarah Wallace, Colorado District Judge. It's judge Wallace will issue a ruling by the 17th of November as to whether or not Donald Trump can be on the ballot. And, and I gather similar procedures will take place in Minnesota and at least two or three other states not long thereafter. And if he is kicked off the ballot, if, if the ruling in the state is he can't be on the ballot, then of course, instantly, there will be an appeal to a higher court in Colorado. The effort will be to get this to federal court as rapidly as possible. But the notion that this, therefore, is the, if, if, if this fails, if Donald is able to stay on the ballot, in Colorado, if once it goes through the federal system, and it may find, it may or may not find its way to the Supreme Court, I have argued it probably won't go to the Supreme Court because neither Alito nor Thomas, the biggest, the, the biggest turncoats in the history of, of, of judicial process, want to be on the record one way or the other. They, they know legally. Everyone, any, anyone in the, in, in the judicial field, anyone in, in the legal field knows at, on a prima facie level, on a, on, a, on a first glance level, Donald Trump is absolutely the person they were talking about in Section 3 of Article 14 that cannot run for office again. It's all there. You, 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 you want to wait until he's legally convicted, that might be the one thing that some court might decide, okay, we can't rule on this until there's an actual conviction. That will happen soon enough also. Okay, but in the interim, in the interim, the state will be able to keep him off the ballot. It is a state decision. Now, this has never been 
decided before this way? Could, uh, I, don't, I don't have an answer to the question I'm about to put out there. Could a federal court turn around and say, well, no, um, um, uh, pending, uh, pending uh, the, the criminal outcome, and then we'll debate that and debate that. We may not be able to keep him off the, I, I, I don't know. I do know in my guts, in my heart of hearts, that Alito and Thomas don't want their fingerprints on a decision concerning Trump being on or off the ballot. No matter how that decision would be played, they don't want to be there. If they go against him and follow what the law would dictate, they lose all of their money, all of their support from their Republican and conservative donors. The court becomes the enemy completely. If they go ahead and keep him on, the court loses. Then, then we have Roberts says, I don't have a court anymore. No one can believe anything that this court does or says. If the court, therefore, if the court can invalidate the third section of the 14th Amendment, then of the Constitution, if it could just of its own volition, invalidate the Constitution. Well, what the hell? Why not invalidate the Second Amendment while we're at it? Let's get rid of that. Let's get rid of the First Amendment. Let's just invalidate any section that we politically are unhappy with. Let's just do it. Forget about our own prior decisions relative to those uh, amendments or the, or the, or the, or the articles of the, of the Constitution, even. We can just willy-nilly eliminate what we don't like because we can claim that it's being utilized in a political, in a way that has a political implication. Let's just get rid of it. And that will leave that argument open. Let's get rid of the Second Amendment. Let's bring the same basic suit. The court can, if the court can rule that, a, that the third section of the 14th Amendment is invalid and, and the person who is most likely to be affected by it most obviously cannot be touched because, well, there's a political issue, well, we can have a political issue about the Second Amendment also. It's politically unpopular. We should not have 80 Let's have a poll. We know that 85% of the American people are against, uh, you know, automatic weapons and bump stocks and enlarged uh, clips. And we're going to get rid of it. Courts, we want the court to knock this down because it is inappropriate. And it doesn't matter. Well, uh, uh, well, um, um, uh, we, yeah, we have to do it because it's politically, uh, yeah, uh, and, and the court wouldn't know where to go with this. It would be a total effing mess. So Alito and Thomas don't want to touch us, which means if this does get into the federal uh, review process, it'll stop at a relatively low level and the, and the Supreme Court will not grant certiorari. This is my prediction. It may have to. I don't know. But my guess is it won't. That's a guess. And the notion that we have that, no, don't do anything until, until there's at least a, a criminal conviction here. No. Jump the gun. Get ahead of it. Oh, we can't do anything. This is only playing into Trump's hand. Trump will simply bitch and moan and raise more money. We can't do No. Do it. Do it now. Get it all out there. Do it while he's being hit in New York. Do it while there's... Oh, does that, did that sound as though I basically don't want this guy running for president, that I want this guy taken out of the political process? You're damn straight. For the good of the country, even for the good of the people who actually think that he is their hero, for the people who are too damned 
blinded by their own grievance and anger to understand what's really going on. To not, people who could not possibly appreciate what the hell will happen in this country if this lunatic were allowed to come back into office. Operation of law must be good and it must begin now and it can't wait simply because, well, Donald might, might, Donald won't go along with it. He's not going to go along with anything anywhere. Not until you drag him off the stage kicking and screaming. His, his, his niece Mary said this so many times and so eloquent. I keep going back to the book, Too Much and, not, and Never Enough, the book that she wrote about her uncle. And she, and she gave a psychological profile of this guy and said, he will never, ever back. He has nowhere to go. There's no reverse gear. There's no ethical, there's no ethical or moral uh, gland in him that would respond to a, whoa, I've gone too far. This is no good for the rest of the country. No, he has none of those things. He is damaged fucking goods. And the only way he gets off the stage and doesn't take the country down with him is if he's taken off the stage. And it'll be kicking and screaming. Get used to the sound of it, fellow Democrats. Do not be afraid to go ahead and do what you can do when you can do it as rapidly as you can for fear that Donald will keep kicking and screaming. Donald's going to keep kicking and screaming no matter what. Just do the right thing. Do what works. Colorado is doing the right thing. Minnesota is doing the right thing. New York State is doing the right thing. Jeff Smith is doing the right thing. Jack Smith, sorry. All doing the right thing. And Donald can yell and scream and jump up and down and his, and his followers can send them all the additional money they want. The end result of all of this is he's off the playing field. The accumulative effect, oh, it was a political, yeah, I don't give a damn what you call it. It was a danger to the country that had to be dealt with. We must deal with it. We are the Arjuns of our own Bhagavad in this country. I'm not going to get into a long discussion of that either. But there are moments when you must act. This is one of those moments. His, 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 his sycophants, his, his, his worshipers, would proclaim that it's always a moment to act on behalf of Donald and, and to save the country. Fine. Well, the, the true rational action needed to save America cannot await some other event. We, well, we really should hold off. Maybe he'll... No. No. Now. Start now. Let the process go now. And eventually, even Donald, even Donald will be worn down. There is a point at which he will not be able to punch back. And let his followers yell and scream. Let some of them do whatever they're going to do anyway. But let's save the country. Let's not give it away. Let's not talk ourselves into, well, you know, if only he would cooperate, it would be so much easier to do the right thing here. No, Donald won't cooperate. Donald, Donald is only going to keep going deeper and darker and deeper and darker until he basically negates himself. That's what he's going to do.
there will be some kind of uh, an internal implosion, sort of like a like like a like like a like a star basically going supernova. Everything gets blown off, and what's left is, in his case, it will be basically a well, what we in astronomy a brown dwarf. But, but let's see where this goes. Let's see where it goes. But don't just let it go. We must proceed and we must take every action we possibly can to stop this guy any legal, rational, morally, ethically appropriate way we can because that's what we're trying to save in this country. That's what this is all about. We're, we're, we're basically showing that this guy who has nothing but his mouth and fear cannot be the voice of this country and cannot lead it because he's never led it and he's not going to start now. He's not going to go on a retribution tour. No, we are not going to allow the presidency of the United States to basically eliminate, we'd have to eliminate uh, the court system, we'd have to eliminate the Constitution. Donald would have to pardon himself for his crimes in order to walk into the... Do we really, really, really want to go through that? Even think about it? Come on. Again, he cannot do, and he can't, he has no reverse gear. He has nothing but his pedal to the metal. He is basically straight ahead. The, the steering wheel is stuck. It's heading for a cliff. He'll get there quicker than you can imagine. But we must not say, whoa, 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 let's, let's, let's slow things down. Let's lengthen the road. No. Do what we can, everything we can, immediately while we can. Do not think logic, do not think reason, do not, you're not, you're not negotiating with a, with a logical source here. The base is not logical, it's not reasonable. You basically, you basically operate from the perspective of what is best for the country, and you do it now. You do not worry about how Donald may be scoring political points against you. It is a meaningless exercise. I think I've said what I need to say today. Oh, that and, and uh, happy Halloween. I, it's going to be a hell of a parade down, uh, down in the village tonight. Maybe things will even start to get normal. My God, there'll be gay people, probably some transvestites, everything. I mean, everything that the Republican Party hates will be there too. It's everything that I love about New York. Everything I love about this country. We do eventually, as Churchill said, <laughs> Americans will always do the right thing after having exhausted all other options. We've exhausted all other options, folks. Let's just do the right thing. Keep an eye on Colorado, keep an eye on New York. And enjoy a little jazz. <laughs> Thank you. 
This is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to Center Left Radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. And we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial, progressive programming. And we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Center Left Radio has been here for more than seven consecutive years and more than 800 individual episodes. 800. Think of that. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can. On a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make Centerleft Radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident. And as we enter this final consequences stage of the Trump saga. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Central F Radio, thank you. You've been listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. No, you don't wait and see. You know, if we if we do this, he's only going to come back and yell and scream some more, and he'll raise some more money off at him. Gee, why should we even bother trying? Yes, you go after him now. The two main cases right now, New York State will hobble him financially. And the Colorado case and the one that's coming up in Minnesota and two or three other states will take him off the ballot. No, you don't hold off because he might come back at you. We do what we need to do to save this country now.